Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hi, I'm Hi. Benny. Hi, Benny. I'm Brad. Hey, Brad. <laughs> and I you? am Jonah. What's up, Jonah? Sitting here in the basement of A-Bar. Sitting in the basement of A-Bar. Um, and today we have a very, very exciting podcast. Yeah, wonderful. Today our guest say. is a friend of the podcast, bandmate of Benny's, and his name is Jeff Rosenstock. Big New York Knickerbockers fan. Big New York Knickerbockers fan, which we talk about sports a lot, but I want to say up front, we talk about sports a lot, and then we get very into Jeff's music. Yeah. And sort of the nature of art and commerce and all these other things. So if 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 the sports stuff is not your thing, know that this is not a purely sports it's podcast. Sports but, but Jonah, stuff. don't be afraid. I feel like we not only <laughs> tackled sports, we tackled sort of the social and political yes. aspects of sports. Yes. We yes. dealt with it on a... On a broader level, yeah, we weren't guys, just like, yo, Rob Gronkowski's <laughs> no, a sick I agree, tight I agree, end. No, there I agree. was none of that. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I just we didn't like, chest bump. No, 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 no. I mean, I think there's a segment of just population, maybe fan population, that like <laughs> doesn't like sports that much. Don't judge Jeff's fans. <laughs> I'm basing them basing. This is coming from someone that doesn't isn't a sports fan. I'm just saying. It wasn't called bomb the basketball industry. <laughs> dunk the basketball industry. I'm just saying there's we talk about a lot of things. We do many things. Yes. Many things. Um and Jeff has a new record he released on New Year's Day called Post. Yeah. And it's great. It's really good. It is really it's good. It's really good. And not just cuz he's my friend I'm saying that. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So check out Post, buy it. Um Jeff's on tour always. And he's a good man to support because when you buy Jeff's record, you're actually supporting Jeff. Yes. That's the way he has put things together. I think I didn't talk about it too much in here, but to me, Jeff is like the direction. Like to me, he's pioneering the direction things are going. He doesn't even know it because Jeff's just doing him. You know what I mean? But to me, Jeff is ahead of what is going to happen. And I think he's really smart and really inspiring. He's the model for the future of the music to a bit, or he's going to wind up being like, the pioneer who didn't get paid and everyone stole his model. Right. It's going to be one of the two, but kids ahead of the game and he's ahead of the game in a really cool way. I find working with Jeff and being around Jeff, like super inspiring. I do. Yeah, I agree. He's definitely one of those dudes in it for the right reasons. Yeah. So let's so ch- check let's out. Listen to what he has this, to say. Yeah. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. Jeff, how many? I think this is only the second time I've been on as a guest. No, I don't think so. I think so. I've been on with Chris, but that was like with Chris. Really? I don't know. I feel like you've been on this podcast a lot. I've been on. I was on the Laura one. I was on the Mikey Erg one. I was obviously on the Bobby Moynihan one. (laughs) (laughs) That was so funny. Jeff did the podcast, and then I was like, "What are you doing after this?" He's like, "Nothing." I was like, "Bobby Moynihan's coming on. Do you want to just like host it with us?" And he was like. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that was and he was cool. Yeah, I asked him about Pizza Uno for. We a talked long about time. him working at Pizza. Oh, you know what's right? Yeah, that was right. We <laughs> talked about him working at Pizzeria Uno in, in Yonkers, New York, for so long, and then afterwards, I was like, "Was it weird?" And he's like, "No, I talk about that on like every podcast for some reason. <laughs> People always want to know about that. It's so weird." It's funny yeah. you bring that up uh, anyway, because there there's something pertinent that I know Jeff would have an opinion about. <laughs> I now that? think you now you know the whole Chicago New York pizza debate. Yeah, been going on a while. Sure. Choose what you People will. People are lighting up Twitter with their <laughs> angry responses. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think there needs to be now a third category. 
Neapolitan Fancy. style pizza. Yes, yeah, you I'm know? with you. Yeah, small people Neapolitan don't and, brick oven, and or people don't fucking like respect the New York slice anymore. Exactly, like, you know, like, and, like people think that. I feel like places that would have a nice slice of pizza that would have like a reputable good pizza now we're like but look at this it's fancy like yeah. neapolitan style it's like i don't know define I want neapolitan good, for like me. we took uh, hickory crust okay well smaller <laughs> circle you can't buy a slice yeah it's in a, slice it's in a circle okay. unlike your usual square <laughs> a <pies>. smaller circle <laughs> what's the price point on something like this i mean it depends but That's you like motorino they'll get, they'll okay. get you motorino, a little motorino a little harder poly g's and uh, usually they'll Roberta's. they'll be like we yeah. imported uh hickory from you know the cat skills yeah. that was peed on by you know uh chipmunks that are filled are we with recording already sauce. i don't know okay something right. like that i was gonna use the bathroom before we got going but no, i'll just no, I'll, I'll hold you, can, you can go use I'll it. Hold it for an hour you can use it go the whole go time use listening it. the we listener will know we can talk about pizza right for like a couple minutes <laughs> let it it's out fine. Okay. let it out i'll just I can wait tail him with a mic tail um benny no 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 let's leave it leave it rolling we're fine leave it rolling Benny, Jeff will be right back in. Here's a question for you. Tell me. As a, you know, a, a working class kind of guy, yes. how do you feel about this slice encroaching on the classic dollar, everyone, democratic, kind of anyone can afford traditional slice? You know what I believe in? What's that? I believe in the free market. <laughs> okay. I believe that you should be able to make your own decisions and all these things are presented to you. And you should be able to have it, you know? It's like I hear all these potheads getting mad about, oh, weed's legalized. It's going to be like in cigarette wrappers and sold them. I'm like, yeah. And then poor people can have weed and you can I, have your gourmet humble county shit that costs more money and you buy it at Whole Foods. We, you you know? know what I saw? So that being yeah. said, yes. I think there's a time and a place for either. And I can't say I don't enjoy a good Neapolitan brick pizza i do i do that with my kids and stuff you know you have a sit down restaurant experience maybe that's where we can fault the old slice pie places a bit they abandon their restaurant model you know what i mean like like when you go for a slice now you're lucky you're lucky to even get a seat yeah back in the 80s you would go to a pizza place the family would order a pie to the table and pull slices that doesn't really happen anymore so maybe the brick oven is a result. Kind of you sound like it. someone who's never been to a fucking Bertucci's in your life. That happens the all the time. Fuck is Bertucci's? It's a pizza chain. <laughs> I know. I'm just I wouldn't be caught dead in that place. <laughs> Bertucci's is like my dad's favorite restaurant. And somebody uh, came up to me at a show and said like he met my dad at a Bertucci's in like California or wow. something. Like where where like my brother and sister live. I grew up in the and, exact opposite. My father had a no chain pizza. <clears throat> A policy in my house. Yeah, really? If wow. Pizza Hut, Amity of it, he found to be absolutely offensive. Like, That's... if you live in this area and you buy chain pizza, he thought you were just a fool, You're... basically. Pizza Hut's good. Pizza Hut is good. Yeah. <laughs> it it's kind of like I'm embarrassed that I like it so much, but Wait, it's good. I'm not embarrassed. Like, whatever. Does that but... mean, do we, so that being said, though, does that mean we have to open up to a fourth category? Is chain pizza just different pizza altogether? Yes. Uh, chain, pizza chain pizza doesn't pizza. count, man. Well, no, it's that's why it's count. a different category. Because the thing about yeah. pizza is that all pizza, like, the lowest you're oh, getting, you're right, I think, is right. like a B plus. You're right. So you now know? we're up to four. Domino's is maybe a B. And Papa Jesus, John's maybe a B. Store-bought. Elio's Square. Well, now, you know? now you're just being difficult. Now you Tombstone? just want a bunch of categories. 
DiGiorno? A DiGiorno is another. This is why our political system only has two parties, because once you start having one in there, <laughs> then you want store That's true. That's true. We don't need the Elio's political party. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'd vote Elio's. <laughs> My favorite was the Grand Union, no frills brand. Did you guys have Grand Union? No. It was an old supermarket, Jersey like a supermarket. Pizza? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was my fave. Well, there in Georgia we had like the Tony's 99 cent mm. like pizzas. Those yeah. Were, yeah. Well, that's where good. when you're in Georgia, all bets are off. Like I'd go to a fucking Bertucci's in Georgia because that's the best <laughs> right. pizza for miles. Oh, I know? worked at a pizza place in Georgia and it was great. So blow it out your ass, Ben Horowitz. <laughs> Jeff, please elaborate. Tell me about... <laughs> You're tapping your list. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he said pizza place in Georgia. <laughs> Jeff, when did you work at a pizza yeah. place in Georgia? 2006, 2007. Uh, Where in Georgia? At, at Trans Metropolitan Pizza, Transmet in Athens, Georgia. Awesome. I washed dishes. It was a really fun job. I liked Were it Were you living? You lived yeah. in Athens? I didn't know yeah. that. Mm-hmm. For like a year. Okay. And uh, What brought you down there? Oh, needing to leave the city. Like... Uh, Christine's job was being really, really rough, and I was just like, I was temping, but it didn't seem like it was going to be a long-term thing. Turned out it probably could have been a long-term thing, but, um, and we're living in Forest Hills, and uh, one day, like, we were, I guess we are subletting? I don't know. Like, we we were living in an apartment that was our apartment that we were living in for, like, a year, and then one day, the people in the apartment was like, hey, we're going to move back in here, huh. and we're just like... Oh, what the fuck? And then we were like pretty, uh, pretty just like, I don't know, shaken up. It's like that. We were just like a little bewildered by it. <laughs> um, and then we we're just like, man, fuck New York. So we moved down to Georgia because we had a friend down there. We visited Athens a few times. We we're like, the city rocks. Didn't have that much to do with REM? Uh, no. And I never uh-huh. saw any of them. Christine said Even she saw Michael gr- Stipe. Really? Even, doesn't, doesn't he own the grit? Yeah, but just because you own something, doesn't mean you're there. <laughs> I, I, think he, I think he owns the building. I don't okay. think he owns that place, the That's grit. a great so, restaurant. The grit, yeah. Shout out he, to the grit. The grit's my favorite. I thought he greeted you when you came to town. <laughs> yeah, like, pretty much. He's, he's, I, might, I think we saw him <laughs> like the first day, or Christine just saw him. I forget if I saw him or not, if I'm being honest, but like, we're like... Oh shit! Yeah. We're gonna see all these people all yeah. the time. And they're like, "That was nah. that was it." Like, who's this Unitarian with a big beard? <laughs> oh, it's Michael Stipe. Is he a Unitarian? I just kind of came up. With I mean, that. I don't I know why you think I would know the answer to that. I saw <laughs> I saw him once at a beauty Jeff, bar. That's actually on my list. <laughs> Is Michael, Michael Stipe a Unitarian? I don't think so. Unitarian underline three he, times. He had gone to see that band Mew. Do you know them? M E W. And yeah. then after the show, he went to the beauty bar in East Village, and I saw him there. Yeah, that was a real big celeb sighting. So so is he uh, littler than you expect or bigger than you expect? He was because I, I feel like I can't get a grasp on a. I would say size. bigger. I yeah. would say bigger. Oh, yeah, really? kind of a tall guy. Yeah, I oh, felt like okay. he was kind of tall. I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me like five one. Yeah, no, no, like, no, yeah. not five one. Although that happens a lot. Yeah, how t- people think I'm short. Because really? they always see me sitting. Ah. So sometimes yeah, they, I, I meet people. They're like, oh. I don't I think you're giving people a lot of credit, Benny. How big people know that when you're sitting, it, you're I didn't smaller. fucking make it up. You know, like <laughs> that is pretty. But strange. also, the, think about how many drummers you know that are over like six three, six four. It's not a lot. Yeah, it's a short man's instrument. It's actually better for a short man. Yeah, that's why, why I got. Why do you think that is? Because. You know, you're Dave Garwacki. Listen, from the like, Bands drummer, think of it Chris, like a pendulum, uh, you see. <laughs> and the longer it takes to get to one side, the longer right. it takes to get to another. It's why I'm very poor at arm wrestling. 
<laughs> you know, you just break my huge right. long form. Yeah, yeah, but you get yeah, more yeah. power because you have more happening. You, you swing know? the pendulum. But that being said, uh, as a matter of speed, I think the short man has an easier time. Oh shit! So I've yeah. had to get that makes sense. I've had to get far more wristy do you, in my <laughs> old age. Do you think it has something to do with like skateboarding, like having a lower center of gravity? You're able to exactly wrestling. These yeah. are yeah. short men's games. Yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. But they are. Tony Hawk is tall, isn't he? Yeah, Tony Hawk is pretty tall. He knows how to skateboard. I'm he's, sure pretty, he's pretty good at skating. He's pretty good. He's, he's a good he's skater. He's like the John Madden of skateboarding <laughs> at this point. Um, <laughs> he's like the uh, <laughs> the Raymond he Felton of skateboarding. A virtual skater. Most kids don't know this, but he's actually a real human. He's a real, real person. Yeah. Yeah. Do people John, think John Madden's a real person at this I point? I don't know. Probably not. Here's my question. Did John Madden ever play football? I believe so. Yeah, really? but in like the fifties. Yeah, okay. like, I think he was a coach. Yeah. No, he was a championship you're, yeah, you're coach. Going to it. No, you don't have to Google this, Brad. I can say this from the dome. <laughs> okay, John Madden coached the Raiders to a championship. Really? He was a very successful coach. I can't say uh, much about him as a player because I wasn't born. Yeah. Um, well, I wasn't when he was a coach either. I don't know. Yeah, but you feel free talking shit about that. Huh? Well, there's a lot of cool stories about those Raiders because they all did coke and meth and then yeah. played football. Yeah. It's kind of cool. <laughs> they, were, they were the rock and roll. I'm guys. sure I might have seen a 30 for 30. I haven't watched that. I got to watch a 30 for 30. Never seen one? I No, that one I haven't uh, seen. I like, I, yeah, 30 for 30. I'm 30s sure you've been good. up on that. Do people, are people surprised by how big of a basketball nerd you are? I don't think, uh, I think it's just getting out and I want it to get out because yeah. I'm just waiting for somebody to be like, yo, I get free tickets to this thing. And I just want to be like, sick. There's something the I can you tell know? you from experience. I've been a net season ticket holder for five years. And I've just been waiting for anyone in that entire organization, player, staff <laughs> yeah. to recognize the fact that I'm in a band that some people know. I chose the wrong sport, man. Basketball? I get no love in hoops. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, just a dude there. Yeah. If I chose hockey... I probably, oh, yeah. I have like a box by well, now. Well, hockey needs. Or if you were you a know. hip-hop artist. <laughs> or if, dude, I mean, Fabulous gets on the big screen every time he's there. Yeah. Meek Mill, you know, yeah. he's in jail. Right? Um, Flaming Lips and our buds with Kevin Durant. So anything can they happen. Are? Yeah. How did that happen? OKC, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now, Oklahoma love. And I think, I think Kevin Durant is like an indie rock dude, kind of. Do the Flaming Lips and Kevin Durant have a beef now? No, no, left? they're buds. Uh, Kevin Durant and Lil B had a beef. Well, I think Lil B had a beef with Kevin Durant that Kevin Durant was just like didn't have the time for. And then Lil B made a song called Fuck Kevin Durant that he made a video. Was it a And he was challenging him to a one-on-one game. And Kevin Durant just kept saying like, dude, I don't want to, I don't have time for this. And then he put the curse on Kevin Durant, which is why everybody does that thing. You know, oh, that's a little B thing. That's where that came from. Yeah, and uh, then You're when, so when he mo- when he moved to Cal- when he moved to Golden State, little B said he lifted the curse, <laughs> and then Kevin Durant won a ring. So okay, oh, maybe it's yeah, true. basketball's sick. What's your? Do you have like a favorite team? Yeah, it's the Knicks, so it's not so good for me. Knickerbockers. Yeah, are they not a good team? No, they're they're not. they're not even not a good team. They're like a <laughs> heartbreaking team. They're a team that'll like get you close and then like push yeah. you down the stairs they're like you know? a historically <clears throat> poorly run organization yeah like i mean this is coming from a nets fan i'm so a nets fan too i don't up. i'm not a big rivalry guy me neither actually. you know i want a new york team to win a basketball game I and if they play that. each other i guess i'll root Knicks. but like i'm just rooting for the game to be fun that's i'm with you i i can't imagine like like i basically worked like most of my life to be able to be in a position to 
buy basketball season tickets. It was yeah. like my ultimate goal over buying a house, having a family, <laughs> all of that shit. I wanted season tickets to basketball and I got it, you know, and it's one of the greatest things. And I can't imagine like spending all that time and money and investment in something that like is going to make you miserable. Yeah. Like it's entertainment. And and the one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately since I, I banished NFL this year yeah. was this amazing thing where teams have convinced people that they're not corporations. Like they, they demand your loyalty, your fandom, your money, all of these things in a way that like a standard corporation wouldn't even dream of. Yeah. Because it would it would feel like too much or unethical or something. What do you mean? Like well, just like, no, I don't know. It's brand loyalty driven to an extreme exactly. of like 30,000 people being like, you know. But playing into your like regional loyalty, family playing loyalty. Playing into your emotions. Exactly. Playing into your the, the core of your being. Like, you, like, like yeah. sports, like real, like, I don't know how much of a Nets fan you are. As a Knicks fan, it's just like you can't go down that road, really. But like, <laughs> you know, there's people who are like, I'm an Eagles fan till day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're born an Eagles fan. They'll There's get, an Eagles yeah, house. They'll get wrapped thing, in know? a fucking Eagles flag when they die. Yeah. Like, like, well, yeah. buried with Eagles. So that's literally, <laughs> can you imagine liking like AT&T so much right, that right, they right. put an AT&T flag on to, to go to die? Right. No, you know I can't. I mean? well, Branded right. coffin, get a coffin wrap. <laughs> yeah. AT&T, AT&T. <laughs> <laughs> they'll pay you like, yeah, maybe they'll cover the cost. It's, yeah. Coffins AT&T are expensive, man. That's true. Funeral. Maybe that's good. It's, it's cut, not a lot of exposure. Cut funeral costs. You know, it depends on how big your funeral is. This has always been my question about sports. And I feel like you guys have a good answer. The thing I never understood about it, it's specifically this issue is like, I'm from Cleveland. I don't feel I moved away from Cleveland Mm -hmm. when I graduated. All the players, some are LeBron, whatever, but most of them aren't from Cleveland. I don't feel like any connection to this team. What Mm -hmm. is it about these teams where you feel connection when it's just kind of just like a business and it's people from all over? Like, I don't understand that. I understand that. Not in a judgmental way. I'm just curious. I watched the Knicks growing up, which is why I have a feeling with it. Uh, And during, like, the best era, my dad had a friend who had season tickets during the, like, early 90s. Mm. So, like, I saw, like, some fucking awesome games and felt some really massive energy watching those games. Um, I don't care about team loyalty, though. I don't give like I just want a good game. I like I like it when good players seem to be doing good. I like it when an organization seems to care about their players and stuff and are doing something cool. Like I'm always stoked when Midwest teams win, you know. Uh, but like it's not. It isn't because I'm like, yo, this person from New York. I'm from New York. I like the team, you know. It's not really like that. What about you? I mean. Yeah, family, same thing. Like, like I literally felt guilty this year not watching Giants games. I was like, "There's it's Sunday and I'm not watching the Giants. This yeah. feels odd. You know what I mean? Because it's it's almost like, you know, NFL became church, man. Like, like what was church to people? Church was a place to go on Sunday. It was a place to see your friends. It was a place to sing and communicate. And, like, the other stuff sometimes I feel is, like, ancillary, you know? Yeah. And then I, f- I feel like they just created the same thing. They, they found something where people have an excuse to get together and eat and drink all Sunday on a day they don't have to work. And it was like the perfect fucking marketing scheme. Yeah. That's it. They made it a part of American culture somehow. Yeah. So, and, and football specifically is like yeah. that because it, it happens only on Sunday. Yeah. There's Monday night football. Not there's anymore. a Thursday game. But yeah. like 
for a while it was just Sunday, and they still aren't like it's not like basketball where there's like games every night of the week, you know? Right. Totally. We're already talking so much about sports. <laughs> That's where it goes. But I mean, I literally, I was, I was the same as Jeff, where my my father had access to giant season tickets when I was a kid. <clears throat> okay. And what's funny, it just came up because uh, you know we're in New York right now as we film uh, or film. Yes, what film. can we say? Record? Is, you can, if you want to be retro, this you can is tape. If you guys don't know, <laughs> Martin Scorsese is right over there <laughs> staring at us with the camera. Hey, Marty. Um, <laughs> hey, Ronnie. I still don't think but, he understands how a podcast is consumed. <laughs> nice impression. Yeah. I'm a big fan. There's coffee upstairs, man. <laughs> you look cold. Um, but yeah, so I used to go to these games, and every year, you know, my father would pack Sammy's. He'd always make sandwiches, bring drinks. We'd tailgate in order to not buy anything in the stadium. Yeah. But I was like a little kid, like six. Our seats were like 10 rows from the top of the stadium. It was just so cold. Freezing fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. like, I can say that like the six <laughs> coldest times of my life, I relate to being a kid at Giant Stadium. Right. Was so, it metal bleachers? Uh, no, plastic seats still okay. by then. Okay, yeah. but still. But so high in the stadium, yeah. just the crisp Meadowlands wind. <laughs> just on you. My dad's rule. One hot chocolate. You decided when you wanted it in the game. It was Ooh, up to you. So what was your move? One hot chocolate. It depended how cold. Like sometimes I had to just go for it. Just get into it <laughs> right off. You know what I mean? He's like, I already made sandwiches, man. I'm not spending more money. Like I don't blame him. But yeah. but that being said, it's been like so freezing cold the last couple of weeks, like under 10, 20 degrees. And I literally relate the feeling to being at Giants games as a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like... So it's a nostalgic element to it. It is, for Sewn sure. Sewn into your darn fabric. I know. I don't know. I mean, I almost feel like I need to talk to your dad, be like, yo, why does Jonah not give a shit my, my about dad the took Cavs? Me, my dad you took know? me to a lot of games. Well, Browns I mean, games Cleveland and stuff had, up. you know, the drought for a while. Yeah. He had, he had Brad Dougherty. He had some we good did. teams. We did. Chad the, Price. I went yeah, to his games decent. growing up. I just never really <laughs> connected with him. My dad is, is super into it. He was like oh, a he is. Brown season ticket holder. So I can't holder. blame your dad. No, no, you can't blame him. He did everything he you. could. So yeah. you were just Do you have the, no interest in sports because they're boring? Yeah, basically. Was yeah. it because you're a bad Adam? <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't help. Jonah. Yeah. Can you <laughs> tell me? I didn't like. I didn't like. Tell me a painful memory from your childhood. Years. <laughs> oh man. So Jeff, you have a new record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's all about painful memories from your childhood. I really would like started, to open up about them. Jeff, I wrote Jeff a complimentary text on his new record, but he never texted me back. I texted you back eventually. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Jeff, Wait, did I not? No. You I've went, seen you since then. You went cold. You went, I, you went no. dead air. Dead air. Check sorry. your phone. I'm so, I, my phone's over there, so there's no way to you. prove it. I always love it. Yeah, I don't right know now. if you didn't delete texts or... <laughs> hey, Marty, can you grab some tissues? <laughs> so, Jeff, you sorry, been... man. That's messed up. I like you a lot. I should have anyway, texted you back. If you read the text, I did. I did. I love it. Thanks. I love the record. Thanks, Wh- where did it come from? Because it just sort of appeared on New Year's Day. Well, we recorded it on tape and then the computer after, and then when did when did it when did this record oh, come together? So we like, uh, I, so we've been on tour all year basically, and I've been writing the music for the cartoon uh, for Craig of the Creek. So right. it's been like a crazy busy year, and uh, there's like a Bruce Lee band tour. I play ska music, play bass in Mike Park's Bruce Lee band. Uh, <laughs> And there was a tour that was Hawaii, Japan, and Korea. And I was like, yeah, of course, fuck yeah, I'm in. And we went on that tour. And then, like, 
the day we came back, played a show. Next day was Thanksgiving. Next day, everybody was out. We were rehearsing for like four days for the record, and then we recorded it in like seven or eight days. I forget which one, and then like mixed it in a day, and then it, and then we sent it in. And it was like okay, we made the deadline. So it was like a month ago, and same well, a month exact. a month ago that record wasn't done yet. And you same same band as the last record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Same guys. And what was the was it exciting for you? Was the whole idea not to sort of announce it and have it just appear? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how did that not get screwed up? I feel like that I have no <laughs> idea because like toward on New Year's Eve, like first of all, John I think didn't know he wasn't supposed to tell people. I'm yelling at everybody not to tell anybody, but I'm telling everybody too. Christine uh, was like drunk on New Year's Eve at like every like I played a show in Philly and people are, and like every, my buddies are coming up to me like. Hey man, congrats on the record tomorrow. I was like, fuck, Christine, where is she? I just see her like in the corner, cutting loose, like, just like, all right, whatever. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know how it stayed a secret. I'm really happy it did. If it did, I think everybody that any of us spoke to was like, yo, seriously, if you spill the beads of this, like, it's gonna fuck up my year. So please don't. And they're yeah. like, okay, you know, yeah. And did how about like the people you were like working with and like. I'm sure there it was, was people- weird doing a gang vocal session and being like, hey, can you like not Instagram this or put on social media that you're doing this? And then all my friends <laughs> texting me back like, oh, I'm putting it on like the Whole Foods only message board or like, right. oh, I'm putting it in my like, just, just like fucking just with me. Like, like, all right. But like, I, like, yeah, you're right to fuck with me. Like, that's an annoying thing to ask, but also thanks. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like the re- reaction's been pretty, really, really good. I yeah. think I've seen so much stuff. Has that been cool? No. Yeah, it's nice. No, I meant to, actually, I meant in that question, did you get heat from like, not heat, but were there people like, there had to be people advising you not to do it like this? Yeah, of course. I would assume. Yeah. yeah. Um, were oh, there a lot right. of people advising you not to do it like this? Um, yeah. Well, not really advising me not to do it like this uh, because I think people who I do stuff with or people I'm just friends with know at this point like a good way to get me to do something twice as hard is tell me it's a bad idea you know (laughs) um so nobody was trying to do that because my initial plan was like to not even put it out on a label just put out myself and just like yeah yeah. there it is and like I had to get convinced by our agent and Chris Farron and my wife they're like come on man yeah you really you really want to kill the momentum this hard (laughs) uh it was like okay um but yeah, pe- yeah, people would basically say that. Just like you have momentum right now, uh, you might, like why are you gonna just fuck it up by like not doing a thing? And I was like, I don't know, man. I just want to put the record out on New Year's Day. Like that's that's the important part of it to me. I don't really care about the rollout. I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't know. I can't wrap my head around that shit. I can wrap yeah. my head around. I think it would be sick for like sure. if someone listens to my music to wake up on New Year's Day and be like, oh wait, fuck. Huh? <laughs> There's a new one? Oh man. <laughs> you know? well, I mean, how important is like like how important is is it and was it to you to keep that momentum? Was like if it didn't to work me, out and the momentum pulled back a little, you would have been Honestly, I mean it's easy to say it when it when it did seem right. to work out, but sure. I like the whole the, recording the record was fun and everything was really fun because the whole time it was just like I'm stoked that we're kind of like going back to doing it the way that we did it in Bond the Music mm-hmm. Industry in a sense where it didn't seem like it was like as pressure. Uh, yeah, as much of pressure. Like I wanted to do a no pressure thing and a lot of that was just like I was so stoked with what happened with worry that was just like all right man, like worst case scenario is we don't get any more popular than this and uh we kind of just 
tour sporadically throughout the year and go into doing other things. I was like, that would be fine too. You so it's almost like playing with house money at this point. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I yeah, which is like a I don't know. Not literally playing with house money. It would be well, sick if we had house, yeah, house money. money. <laughs> but like, uh, but yeah, it's kind of just, it's all gravy at this point. So it's like, why wouldn't you do the thing that seems like the most fun? Sure. You know? Did you like, like through this year, as things were like getting bigger, like, were you carrying any kind of guilt with your success? And was that part of the reason for wanting to do it like this to almost like, alleviate that feeling at all no and that's surprising for me because i carry guilt about like every (laughs) single thing all the time uh but no i i if any guilt i felt bad that like i know that a lot of our success is because it's fucking fucked up in our country right now and that i am writing like kind of political definitely not you know like I'm acknowledging the situation sure. uh, in a way that a lot of other people aren't. And I do feel a little weird about like us doing good on the coattails of like the worst era in modern American history. I wouldn't imagine you know what coattails I mean? though. Cause I mean, even from well, my position, like you, you created an environment for yourself where you were allowed to talk like this. Yeah. Like, I, I, like say look, a gas, like you, you were asking record, me, you, you know? were asking me if I felt guilty about anything. Right. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, continue. I'm no, sorry. I'm saying like if Gaslight decided like, oh, we're really into this now, we're going to put out a political record. Yeah. Like, no, you can't. We can't <laughs> now. It's too late. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it's firmly been established as what it is. But you've always been open it's about weird, talking though, but, yeah. about issues and like even bomb in its just inherent nature was sort of political and yeah. obstructionist in a way. You know. So yeah. like you're. You were allowed to talk like that. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's know? not that I wasn't allowed to. It's just kind of like, you know, if you see your band doing good because uh, other people are, not because other people are suffering, but like somewhat related to it, it's natural to be like, fuck. Like, you know, I I don't know. But then, are, like, I know from talking to nice people like you, Benny, and other friends of mine that this is like a thing that I need to become more confident and get over the pointless guilt and all that shit. So I I was just trying to like... When we, you know, running for fucking five miles in the heat over the summer before our summer tour, because I just wanted to like be able to be good on summer tour, you know, like running through the record, singing it every day for a month and recording my takes before we went in to record. It's just like, I just want to be able to do a good job on the record, you know? So just kind of like being stoked that people care and be like, okay, well, if people care, like I'm going to, I'll care too, you know? So it's almost like you're like... The player, you you were on like your rookie contract and you just got your big deal, like your $200 million deal. And you're like, you know what? The people gave me this deal. Now I need to be great for the people and work even harder. I feel more like right? Beasley where it's just like, you know, everybody's like, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. I've been kind of a scrub. You mean it's the like, king of New York? Yeah, it's like, okay, I'll be the king of New York for a second. It's just like, you know, I have like a couple of good games and people are all of a sudden rooting for me. I'm like, all right, man, I'll keep trying to have a couple of good games. But no more 10-day contracts. You're For, for you're, Bees? Yeah, you're signed long-term now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're well, on at least a two, three-year deal. Two, you three, yeah. You don't have to take your kids out of school. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny is like I'm having like a weird deja vu. I feel like last time you came on the podcast was like right after where he came out. Yeah. And I felt like I like had... coming and talking to you right afterwards because I, I think it's I have I don't know, it's fun. This it is, is the fun. most fun. Can we recognize like press thing? Jonah possible. is holding Caulfield hat. 
Like, what's going on there? I didn't, I've never I visualized know. holding Caulfield's hat, Benny. It looks like this. Okay. <laughs> I've read that book a lot. Does it? It does. Yeah, he wears like the, the beaver, is, the beaver hat. Called a, uh, there's a name for this hat. There is. I mean, what is this? An ear flap option? This is like a fake. Ear flap. This is like a fake air flap. <laughs> what happened? Uh, to illustrate, it's an official. Jeff and I are both pawing at Jonah's. <laughs> Jonah's We're both head. running our fingers through Jonah's. Hat. Feels good. Right here, Jonah. Might, let me get. Might be called an upstate no. hat. Uh, <laughs> a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. But what I was going to say was I felt like when Worry came out, we came out and we were like, things seem so big right now. Like Everyone's talking about this record, and now I feel like you're back, and it's like, it feels like everything you've done has been very gradual. But kind of steady. I mean, does it feel that way to you? Um, yeah, it does. But it also felt like the worry jump was like a, an, yeah. a like a bigger jump, and the press from this feels like a bigger jump. It's weird because like I don't really know what anything means. Like you know, everything that's on the internet doesn't necessarily translate to anything else. Yeah, it's hard and, to quantify. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, especially if you're a person like me and you kind of put blinders onto that because you just want to do your thing you know because like i feel like the best thing i could do is just like do the thing i'm doing and if it you know if it works cool then i'm doing something honest and if it doesn't work like all right well that's cool my thing doesn't work you know yeah um so i don't know like uh, I, like it seems like it's going good. I don't know. Did, I'm superstitious as fuck, did, dude. Did, I don't want to say anything's going good. Well, did you? Did you? My Raised question, Jewish and Catholic. <laughs> did you always have that attitude, or was the there curse. a time in your life when you were more like, oh, I have to like you put more pressure? Yeah. yeah. Like ASOB. Like my first band. Like we were just try. We we weren't just trying to do that, but we were trying to do that. We were trying to get signed because we see fucking Taking Back Sunday getting signed and becoming the biggest band ever. We're like, sure. yeah, those dudes are from my town, you know. Like those are like like I've like some of those are old friends and we're yeah. just like okay like what like let's like hit up Triple Crown let's hit up Victory let's hit up these labels and uh, you know I realized as we were doing that like we were spending so much time hitting up labels and I think just as a writer I was getting really frustrated because we still hadn't recorded a record that had been written for like three years we were playing all the songs off of live and then recorded EPs with like songs from it. And I was just like, I just want to make this record already. And uh, I think getting all caught up in that, uh, that was like, that's the last time I want to do that. You mm -hmm. know, that's why I kind of started bomb with like the idea of I will have a job while I have this band and I won't make this band my job. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's weird that it turns out that now the band kind of is my job, right. but also I have a fucking second job writing music for Cartoon Network. Right. Cause shit's going good right now. Yeah, how, how is that going? Uh, it's going good. What's that? What is that like? Do they like show you the cartoon and you write around it or? Uh, yeah, we I, we watch the thing together and we talk about what the music should be. They have ideas. And this is and, who like the director of the show. Like these the, are the two creators of the show. Cool. Um, and they I wonder if it's going to be like that forever. I kind of feel like I'm slowly getting like bumped down i'm trying to slowly take away things that i just text the creator of the show about who has eight million things going on right, like, right. hey man uh what do you think like 12 12 30 it's like there's like six people who do that that are not him i need to stop texting him. are they know? in new york they're in california oh okay yeah um but uh yeah it's cool and it's in i mean we do it in that room 
it's, I do it all in the room that you've been in, that you've done podcasts in before. Like, yes. I don't go to a studio or anything. Oh, really? Like, you yeah. do it at home? Just do it's it at home. It's a very magical room. Yes. It, people need to know <laughs> what this room looks like. <laughs> Jeff has an apartment in Greenpoint, <laughs> and you walk in. It's filled with all manner of books and music, as you'd imagine. Vinyl and mailers. And things like that. And, like, it's the type of place you can tell someone or many people have been crashing at for a period of time, <laughs> always, yeah. myself included. That's a good couch. Very it's not a good couch. It's very it's comfortable. Gr- it's good to sleep on. It's comfortable. No, it's not. The cushions slide off. The fucking back isn't close enough for you, so you either got to sit like this or Wait, you got to sit hunched see, over. This is where we got to talk more. This is where I want you to get a little more Wu-Tang. Because it's like you just had this huge... Go to fucking Jennifer Convertible. I don't want to take yeah. the you know couch I mean? outside. Couch. I have a couch, man. What am I getting? It's fine. Get a nicer it's couch. It's a fine couch. Like. You treat yourself. It's a fine couch. Look, can you, would you, you it's were not just broken. Me how if a bad leg, was if a leg broke, that. well, that's the thing. I'm just like, well, I'll deal with it. I'm not good at throwing stuff out. You've been to my apartment, you know? <laughs> uh, and a couch is really hard so to throw out. So when is, like, it's what's higher? the breaking point on the couch? Like, the when you literally just can't sit on it anymore? If it breaks or if we move. Okay. It's hard to get All a right. big couch out of a new apartment. It is. Apartment. That yeah. is annoying. And that's a that narrow stairwell. Yeah. You don't want to get the couch doctor in there. No. Um, Plus, there's a guy who does this. It's actually couch a thing. doctor? I, instead of using the couch doctor, I paid off like four delivery guys to throw a couch over a fence um, because... <laughs> The couch doctor literally takes a brand new couch and breaks cuts it in that's half. What, that's what we really like, breaks the entire happen. thing, gets it in your house, repairs it, and reupholsters yeah. it in your house. And it happens all the time in the city because you can't yeah. get stuff in. That's, I have a 32 inch doorway into my house. My wife is that was like, I can't picture what 32 inches is doorway wise. Nah, it's less than standard. You 32, can't get any standard door. appliance or anything through that's it. It's a 36. Oh, that's way bigger. That's a classic 36. That's well over 40 inches, Brad. <laughs> you know, listen, just because you have a mess that doesn't mean you can eye inches. I okay? think Jonah's trying to change the, cho- the topic away from the on? size of doors. <laughs> Jenny, you know, I, like, I, I, I successfully you? changed it from sports. <laughs> now we got stuck on the size of doors. Listen, people didn't know the couch doctor existed <laughs> no, until right. two minutes ago. I, honestly, I mean, I'm most upset that I can't think of a couch doctor pun. It's been driving me crazy. You're I was like, pissed. do you own like, a couch? Yeah, well, what's interesting is I recently <laughs> upgraded my couch, which is very out of character for me. Ooh, but I made the mistake of buying a couch. Must be nice. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> I bought a couch online, having not sat in it first. Oh, don't like Worst that. decision oh, ever. Terrible. How can you do that? I don't. I read the reviews. I believe the reviews. I got this couch. It was a fold down. Tell us what you paid. I paid. I paid about $300 for this couch. Oh, okay. oh, it's fine. It was, it's fine. I had it for about a year, <laughs> two years maybe. And uh, I just hit a point where I was like, I can't sit on this thing anymore. And I would have people come over and stay on it and I would feel bad. <laughs> like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, and I had a friend come over and she was like, I had to put down a yoga mat, a sleeping oh, no. bed. Like, so what's the next oh, move? Yeah our, yeah. our couch isn't like that. No. You no, your couch Jeff's is much nicer. Couch. It's firm. I, Dude, I just one, nice. one day Dang. I just had a moment, uh, and uh, I went on Craigslist, and some guy in my neighborhood had this was moving and had this uh, CB2 couch. What's that mean? CB2, uh, CB2, CB2 is, is nice. A nice store. Yeah. He was selling this used couch. I went over his place. He actually turned out to be a photographer from L.A. who was moving back to L.A. who had shotguns and roses. And Whoa. like and he had all these cool stories, <laughs> and he sold uh-huh. me the couch, and I had a friend with the truck. We picked it up. It was great. Serendipity. Yeah, right it was there. beautiful. That's, That's awesome. Um, but I wanted to say... CB2, by the way, CB2? stands for Crate and Barrel 2. 
Because it's their oh. other crate and barrel. Is it better Isn't or worse? Isn't that just fucking insufferable? So what's, <laughs> what's CB4 in this? Uh, in this let's wait and see. What did they They opened up a CB3 eventually, and then they just re-released CB4. Yeah, like, as their fourth thing. It's, it's, it's an interesting pivot. Crate and barrel buys the rights to CB4. Yeah, they That's have actually to. They something have to. I want to talk to you about. Sorry, so, Jonah. Recently, no, it's fine. He's been trash. For no, no, no. No, no we're good. I'm this is important. I'm going to talk about music. I'm going to talk about important. So recently, I've been noticing how, not inept, but um, it seems that labels are having a hard time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, uh, A lot of people are self-releasing. <laughs> a lot of people are doing this. And more and more, I'm noticing how, like, the only asset these labels have is the ownership over their old masters. Like, that's it. No one needs the label name anymore. No one needs their services anymore besides for pressing. And and the thing that they're standing on, and this is why you have Martin Schreichels of the world and stuff just buying up old masters because people think music business is booming. It's going to be bigger and bigger. And this is like the equity in the music business now is the ownership over masters. So people think masters. the music industry is booming and it's going to get bigger and bigger right yes. now? Yeah, they do. It's just not Verify. the way. Verify? No, it's just not the like, It's true. That when you add the quantifiable stuff about streaming... It's going to make music more listened to and bigger than it's ever been. By oh, far. so you're talking about investors. Yeah, I'm talking about straight catalog. hedge yeah, fund yeah. and pension fund guys going in, scooping that up old true. labels because they want ownership over masters, because then you own the masters forever and you can sell them. So the thing I'm wondering, like what you're talking about, your old bands, you know, searching around for labels and how that's still the model, the context that you, yeah. you make music, you get someone to put it out. <clears throat> But now it seems like your biggest equity, even as a band, is the ownership over your master. Yeah. And you'd be crazy to give it away. Yeah. So, like, that being said, like, you're someone who stays ahead of the game as far as this goes. And you've been self-releasing and online and doing this stuff for a long time. Love everybody saying self-releasing, by the way. That's just, like, it's where, wonderful. <laughs> where do you think, like, where do you think, where do you think it's heading? Like, do you think... Do you think you're the future model or do, do you think like what's coming after? Do you it? think I fucking know? <laughs> no, I mean, I, like, like I, I don't. Okay. You, where do I think it's heading? Yeah. I don't know where it is heading, but I think it would be nice if there was an option somewhere in the middle where like, because yeah. I disagree with you. I don't think that the only thing I'm looking for in a label is. Or, like, I, I think that a label has a lot to offer. Like, Polyvinyl has a lot to offer. Like, they have somebody who does fucking everything there. They have a radio person. They have, you know, uh, other things that I can't think of right now. They have, like, graphic designers that help me, like, finish sure, up my sure, shit. Sure, sure. And, like, like it's good. Like, they just have, like, a lot of people there. So I feel like putting bands in a situation where they could just have a team that was trustworthy but still do their own thing... I feel like that would be a cool step. I don't know if that'll happen because people are greedy and everybody wants to take, 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 take. Uh, so I don't know if there's space for uh, space for structure in either that world where there is no structure. You just kind of put it out yourself and see what happens. Or if by putting a structure to it, it just like automatically, it's like, you know, it just becomes the fucking thing again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know, but I think that would be a, that would be a cool thing. I mean, to be clear, I was saying this not that 
every label I've worked with or something is totally inept. It was more of like I know. a hypothetical future yeah, of what's I, happening. I, I guess I don't know. Um, I mean, it's like a, I, I think that the cool thing about music right now is that like if you want to make a record in your bedroom, it can sound good and you could just put it the fuck online and then not deal with any of this noise, sure. you mm-hmm. know, just do your thing. And if, you know, I think that's neat. When it comes to your career, like how much of it though is like analytical and how much of it is like instinctual? You're just like, I feel like doing this thing, this feels right to me. I'm just going to do it. And how much is you like weighing it? When it comes to me? Yeah, I guess when it comes to putting Everything a- I'm doing is, is not analytical. Yeah. Every single choice that I'm making is like, this feels like the thing to do. Um, but I have a booking agent and like I have a publicist and I have, I have a record label of people and I have uh, my wife who is a tour manager and we kind of like organize a lot of just the everything together. Um, and my band, you know, I have people that I, that I trust that I ask and I'm just like, hey, this is the thing that I'm doing. I really want to do this. And these are people who not only do I trust, but people who trust me and know me and know that like, like I was saying before, if they say it the wrong way, I'm going to really fucking do the bad idea. Um, so like, I just, you know, I kind of like start out with just the instinct of this is what I want to do and then kind of run it, run it past my buddies who are also in this with me. You know what I mean? Uh, cause I feel like I should too. Cause like, I don't know, I'm paying these, I'm paying my friends and my band. I get like, it's their livelihood. It's not just my shit, you know? So it would be, it would be a bit uh, self-centered of me to not consider them at all. Be inconsiderate of me to not think about that. But at the same time, I think that I I think that I feel like I'm doing the best shit that I'm doing when I'm not thinking about that. So it's a bit of a line that you gotta. I feel like I'm still trying to figure out. It's all stuff that like I didn't expect was gonna be a thing. Like when we recorded fucking we cool we were just like all right man we did this we're gonna put it out in asian man and we're gonna try and convince mike to hire somebody to do pr and like (laughs) that's all uh and then like when we were driving from recording that to a wedding in las vegas that we like booked a tour basically around recording the driving to this wedding that a friend of mine was having in Las Vegas the day we were in LA, side one dummy hit me up. I was like, yo, I hear you have demos for your record. I was like, actually, we just finished recording it. Like, wait a week and we'll send it to you. And then in Vegas, it was also the weekend of punk rock bowling mm. and they were all there and we met and hung out and then it became a whole thing. It was just like, oh, okay. Like, train's leaving. Like, <laughs> get on the <laughs> fucking train. Something's happening now. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But that wasn't ever like, it's still some, like... I never went into it with that mindset. I went into it with the mindset of like, I'm going to do this and have a job. So uh, trying to adjust to this being the job basically means mm. that you have to, I don't know, like toe that line of like, what's a good idea to do instinctually and what's a good idea to analyze if it's a good idea. But I've like, I'm not the person to analyze whether it's a good idea or not. I'm the person to have the wild, stupid, creative idea that like one of them works and four of them don't, you know? Right, right. Sure. I mean, how does it cool. feel, I guess? I mean, and sort of like... It's kind of the same for you, Benny. I'm because I've never had this feeling, but like you do the music full time, you do the cartoon, obviously you play in the band. I mean, how's it feel to have that be your livelihood? Like, is that is it? Does it become? Does it just feel like this thing you do? Or do you ever like sit down and you're like, wow, I just make music. This is all I do. It becomes both of those things for me. It's yeah. like I've like there are days when I am like, this is I can't believe I'm making music for a cartoon right now. This is fucking magic this is amazing Mm -hmm. or like i can't believe 
I'm in a green room at this club right now, and they just brought me Brussels sprouts from the kitchen that taste so good. <laughs> and when I'm done, I could take a shower. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> and then there are days where I'm like, I wish I didn't have to talk to anybody. And like, I, and or days when working on the cartoon, it's frustrating. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Why didn't I just like get a graphic design job and keep doing this as like the fun thing? Right. You know, like anything, there's sides to it. It's weird because you feel like ungrateful. For the when you have bad days, that's something again. I'm trying to knock it as caught up in because I'm not ungrateful, you know. And I try to treat people nice. I try the better things are going for me. I try and keep pay it, pay it back and treat people nice and do things that I think are good for like people coming to the shows or like the people at Cartoon Network who are like working around my crazy schedule. Like I just you know I try to not be ungrateful, but it's hard not to feel like that when you get frustrated with like your your dream job not working out exactly like your dream was, which is right. like such a fucking bullshit thing to complain about, you know? Like what it comes down to. Sometimes you just got to get yourself a check and be like, yo, fucking go outside, take a walk, and like come back inside to get to work because like you are doing something that no one else gets a chance to do, you know? Sure. Don't yeah. fuck it up, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a weird balance. I mean, especially since it's slowed down is like, it's definitely become remarkable to me what anybody can get used to. It is remarkable to me, like, what I became accustomed to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really is. Like, like what became... Oh, my, with, like, gaslight on yeah, tour and like shit? what oh, became yeah, my everyday imagine. life for years and years and yeah. years? Not just, like, a couple months. Like, it was my full-on everyday reality for nearly a decade. I'm only 37. It's, like, yeah. a lot of my life. You know what I mean? And whether you like it or not, if you do the coolest fucking thing in the world over again for the thousandth time, it's going to become mundane and yeah. you have to parts of it. You least. have yeah. to start. And like you said, there has to be an active and like concerted effort to like keep yourself where you need to be. Yeah. Like when I have a bad day on a big tour or something, I literally am like asshole. Like it depresses me that I feel that way even yeah. more because yeah, exactly. I'm like, you should not fucking feel this way. Yeah. You're yeah. doing everything you want to do. You ever talk doing. to your bandmates about it? You ever just say like, hey guys, I'm depressed today. Not God. really the band for that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You're, but your old buddies from Jersey. We are. Even Jersey boys get sad. Not the way, it's just not the way that band operates. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Yeah, that, it wasn't. It's not, it, it's, not, it's not. It wasn't the way our band yeah. operated until I felt like, well, like when I started this thing after Bomb, uh, I wanted to be very aware of like, I'm not going to do this if I'm not having a good time doing this. And sure. I'm not going to be ungrateful for, I'm not going to fucking get caught up in the bad stuff and try and appreciate the good stuff and yeah. a lot of that had to be with like vocalizing when i was feeling yeah. bad you gotta talk and try and just yeah. explain to my bandmates like hey i'm just like not in a good headspace today sure. i'm sorry i'm being grumpy yeah you yeah. know which uh, is cool you know i don't know but that's a good way to do it i mean and that's just like a socially aware thing to do because if you're around a group of people every day and you're off yeah it's impossible for people to not think what happened did yeah. I do something? Yeah. Did something happen? And it, it puts this seed of doubt and it creates like a larger thing. So, yeah. And, it's, so, and that yeah. happens when, if you're on tour with several Constantly. bands, like that'll happen in, in, of course, ton, like dozens of permutations. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Uh, the thing yeah. that's changed the most, I think, for me is like, so I simultaneously have that feeling, like you, of absolute, like, just gratefulness and like amazement that, like, yeah. the thing I watched since I was a little kid is actually me. 
Sometimes I'm <laughs> yeah, even right. like, sometimes I'm even playing and I like look out and look down and I'm like, these are my hands. <laughs> like, this is fucking weird. I'm like, yeah. I'm not even thinking about it. They're just going. <laughs> and, and it's, like, it's kind of this weird thing. I'm like, almost like, you know, I'm like, this isn't even me doing it. I don't know. Yeah. But then simultaneously. Big shows. That must be fun. It's weird. It's cool, man. But then at the same time, I'm home for a while and I'm like, oh shit, I'm 37 with two kids and I'm absolutely ill-equipped to do anything else. Yeah, but you're also kind of you know living I mean? both yeah. dreams because you, you got to you're doing rock and roll time, and you got two kids and a yeah, fucking those, family. You if know? I don't figure something else out, those kids are moving back to Central Jersey in a year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's how it, that's the reality. Of What's it wrong too. with moving back to Central Jersey in a Nothing. year? Nothing. You know? Nothing. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, but I think that's where that tricky balance between. Um, Art and commerce yeah. gets trickier and trickier. Like you said, you feel this responsibility to a band. Yeah. I feel this responsibility to kids now. Yeah. Where I'm like, you're you're used to something. Yeah. I want you to continue to have this. I don't want you to stress about money like I did when I was a kid. And I'm willing to make choices now that I wasn't willing to make 10 years ago simply because of that. Yeah. You know? And I, you know, I don't want to like what, if you don't mind me asking. I mean, I don't specifically want my first band show back to be a giant festival. You know what I mean? You're not going to do any warm up gigs. I'm not. I'm not going to say right now. But is this, are you just fucking? So you are going to do warm up gigs? No, 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 no. Why no. are there drums set up in the back of a bar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's this? This is why Marty's here. This is why Marty's here. This is why Marty's here. Marty, shh, shh, shh. Um, yeah. Sorry. But, I mean, but but in in reality, like you know. It's an interesting thing about this stuff because it's like every decision is based off it and you want to keep it completely separate. I would love to keep it completely separate, but it just became combined at some point. And I even let part of it go when I'm like, you know, if you asked me 15 years ago, if I ever signed to a major label, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Be like, fuck you. Never. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not and incredibly then, polite, but and sure. Then I, <laughs> It's harsh. Come on, fuck off! Just just a fan here. What's the deal with Benny? (laughs) So aggressive. Harsh. Harsh. Yeah, it's the stump town. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not even me. It's not even me. (laughs) No, it's funny. I'm sorry. But if you asked me that a long time ago, I I would have said no, and I would have been. I mean, I literally grew up like an underground show promoter. I stopped doing shows when bands started giving me contracts. Yeah, because that's how angry I was about it. Like I would, the first contract I got doing shows was H2O, which was funny. And I had done a lot lot of shows for him and they sent me a contract. I was so mad. I called Toby on the phone. I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. I don't know if I said fuck. I probably didn't. I was probably very Uh, respectful. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Come to think of it, I probably went, ah, Toby, um, I'm not really that happy about this it was probably more like that yeah. i was very sweet a little kid um but i literally like circled money i circled water and food and x'd out the thing with a sharpie and sent it back wow and it was like no i don't sign contracts that's not part of what we do and this and that you know and then i'm playing shows and i'm doing it the way i think you should do it you know what i mean i'm booking my own stuff i'm setting up my own shit i'm the master of my own domain and then i wind up at a club and 
I'm like, cool, I'm playing this and this. And then you see that this promoter is owned by this person and this club is sponsored by fucking Ciroc Vodka and Budweiser and there's this and beer that signs everywhere. everywhere. And I'm like, fuck, I'm in it. Yeah. I didn't even enter it and I'm yeah. already in it. Yeah. And then it got to a point where you're going to sign to a major label. I'm like, fuck's the difference now. I'm playing festivals sponsored by Jägermeister and this, and they're literally paying my salary. Sure, but a major label sued like a bunch of kids who were listening to music. Like, never forget that major labels (laughs) took the fucking listeners to court for money that they didn't have. So, you know, that's that's like... I mean, they're culpable for sure. But what I'm saying, the point I'm making is just where it gets grayer. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is a major label like really like... Like, how is that different than being on like a big indie? It's not. That, it's not. It's not that different. Not. I mean, it's just a bigger team. And if there's anything I've learned about it is don't bother walking around the office meeting everyone because no one's going to be there in six months. That's the thing. Damn. That's the thing I find shittiest Fuck. about it, honestly, yeah. is like they get fired. They just go so because they don't like it. So important to me when I first did it to like take the time to know who's working on the record and be like, I wanted this personal investment from a team of people. I yeah. wanted them to know who I was, what we stand for, and all this stuff. And after a while, it just became exhausting because it didn't matter. People had a job to do. They were getting paid to do it. It could have been some pop band or it could have been us, and they were going to deliver the thing the same way, and they were just going to look for the next job. And I hate to be like negative about it, but that's what it became. It yeah. pulled my humanity out of it, which... Makes me sad. You yeah. know what I mean? It does. What, what I always find interesting is like when I go to major labels sometimes and like I'll meet someone and they'll be like, I don't like a project manager. It's like some some kind some, of some title that you're like huh. some title where I don't know what it means, and you'll talk to them and you're like and like I'm like, you have what's your connection to music? Like you don't know <laughs> this band, like you, I'm sure you don't listen to them, and your job is just marketing this thing, I guess. I don't even really understand what marketing is. But I feel like you get so many steps away from the art, and it's so weird. And it's nothing yeah. against these people, but I just don't understand like that mentality. It's a weird byproduct of growth because yeah. there yeah. eventually mm-hmm. ends up being not enough work for you to just do on your own. No, right. too much work for you to right. just do on yeah. your own. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I think once you start having other people doing extra work, eventually you have people who you don't know doing something that you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think it's it's pretty hard. It's or not it's hard, but it's easy to like lose sight of that because there's so much shit to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they end up with a project manager. You're like, who what who is what does that mean? Project yeah. manager. Yeah. You know? And if there's not someone in the band or if there's not, not to diss any project manager. No, 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 I don't even know if that's a it's term, a crucial part of the job. Like yeah. someone I don't, yeah. if there's not a person in the band willing to do that then someone else has to do it. And that's where I do, you know, when I see bands who are sometimes trying to be so diplomatic, see you, Marty, so, <laughs> so diplomatic and so cool about everything. And sometimes there's certain people I know that I want them to be more aggressive. Yeah. Because I'm like, I feel like you've, you've encouraged it, me to be more aggressive I, from time to time. Yeah, you because, know? But you're that type of, per- it's like, you're doing better. You have a vision. You know what I mean? Like, you have a way you really think things should be done and, yeah. and your music and, and that should be spearheaded by someone in the band. And if it gets bigger, someone else is going to spearhead it for you. If you don't keep being that, 
if you don't keep attached on every email, yeah. if you don't keep on top of every decision, yeah. other people are going to run with your decisions. Yeah. And they're paid to do it. It's yeah. actually their job. Yeah. So it takes like an incredible amount almost of like management after a certain part, you yeah. know? So yeah. you have a publicist, you have booking, you have management, they're all speaking for you. Yeah. So if you want to make sure you're being represented accurately, you, you gotta just got to stay guy. on top of all that shit. You got to be yeah. the guy. Like yeah. watch these videos of like, people think was like Bruce Springsteen's whole thing a mistake. Like I've seen those documentaries. He's in the studio like 20 hours a day, like slave driving parts and yeah. like doing his crazy stuff yeah, to get yeah. it the way he thought it should exactly be. Yeah. And if it's over the top or not, you know, it's not for me to say, but it is going to be taken by someone else if you don't do it. Yeah. You know, I guess, or it won't be taken by anybody else. I mean, honestly, 99% of the time it won't be. And then it just, Nothing starts happening. How if many bands? Have, how, many, made, how many? How many bands have you been else. in <laughs> that like because you were not the fucking driving force, it didn't happen? You know what I mean? Like I feel like I've been like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll play in this band, but like I won't. I don't want to set up practices, and I don't want to book the shows, but I want to play in the band, and then like nothing ever happens, and then like it just kind of yeah. You know, fizzles out. You know what most, I mean. Most, most, I've got. I think because I know because yeah. I've done it a bunch, and Same. so that ends up being my job in the band. You exactly. Know? Uh, but you have to get comfortable with that, right? Like some people are that person, right? You, yeah. Some people are the ones yeah. who books. Some people are yeah. self motivated. Oh yeah, I don't mind. It, but neither. like sometimes you want to be in a. All, all I'm saying is that like. If nobody in the band wants to take that role, a lot of the time it doesn't fall on anybody else. And it just doesn't happen for that band. And people right. are like, how it come, like, oh, our band is so good. Why isn't anything happening? It's just like, because no one's making anything happen. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I don't know if there's no one making anything happen. A lot. You know, well, I, I know, but I'm also, you know, we're both, look. We're both VFW Hall punks. And I feel like everything I'm saying, I'm like, oh, but also maybe that's not true, you know? Yeah. Just having a chat. Jonah's gone, by the way. <laughs> He's, Jonah's in the corner doing a doobie with Martin Scorsese. <laughs> so that's what's happening right now. Such a star fucker. But no, I mean, I get what you're saying. And the, the whole VFW thing is like part of the reason that I even think more of it. Like I've seen how much money people who have nothing to do with music make in music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yo, when you were a kid, did you ever feel like you got paid for shows that you played? For shows I played? Yeah. No. What happened to that money? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shady-ass local promoters. Yeah. Constantly. Like, I know yeah. all the shows I ever booked were, like, benefit shows, but I look back on it, yeah. and it was just, like, I'm not trying to, try to cover my tracks for any, like, <laughs> high school bands that my high school band played with or anything. I just, stating a fact, I think the two shows I booked were, like, at, at the Knights of Columbus, like, the big ones were, yeah. But anyway, I don't, like... I never got paid for like playing at the Funky Fish in Bayshore at one o'clock in the morning on a school night, you know, like, and I didn't even think about it. I was like, I get to play at the Funky Fish at Bayshore at one o'clock in the morning on a school (laughs) night. (laughs) What could be better than this, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's weird. It's like, I've definitely seen people who have made the decision they're going to be successful and just use music to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like these people would have been successful one way or the other. They were going to figure some way out to make money and be a person of stature. Like and you're the way talking they on the feel. business end or as in the, in the both, band? Both. They'll learn how to play in a band to be that guy. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's where... Like it or not, there's money in punk. Sure. There's money in everything if you fucking wring money out of well, it. Well, and that's you know? actually a question I wrote on this for you. Is there money in punk? No. Is, <laughs> is like, you know, you've been around a long ass time. And 
Don't appreciate the language, but okay. You've been censoring me a lot. This, is this okay? I thought this Which, was a safe place. Oh, down sorry. Here. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Benny had a conversation. I was like feeling bad about some shit of the Nets game, and Benny was like, I want you to know that around me, it's a safe place to be as weird as you are. You don't have to apologize for it. I was like, all right, man. Sorry. I'll, I'll, stop. I'll stop doing that. This is the last time I apologize. So yeah. my bad for throwing that on you. You don't Anytime, deserve that, man. man. Listen, anyway, what was the, I'm a fucking freak too, man. Yeah, we just look, gotta keep let it him, together. Let it fly. Uh, what's, the the, thing, what's the cue? Yeah, you, you know, we were talking about people, and I think that goes for any manner of business. And I think some of it has to do with like uh, how many kids who get successful in music are like rich kids. Yeah. Have you noticed that in your experience, like? It seems to me like a disproportionate amount of successful bands were raised. It's the rich. arch, dude. But I mean, it's just traditionally, all who, who, yeah, like who could afford to sit around and paint all day? Like, right. Uh, 500 years ago, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I wonder is like the kids I grew up with couldn't uh, afford to take their late teens and early 20s to cruise around in a van yeah, and, and a big, try to make big, money and be yeah. poor. Like they had rent to pay, they had fucking kids to pay for, they yeah. had shit to do. Yeah. And then I knew these kids who were trust funded in vans and got all their gear and they're the ones who became successful because yeah they had all the stuff and they could take the time to go out and tour and do all that yeah like it's ironic the way that works out you know i know and that's part of the reason i know there may have been parts of this interview i might sound like cynical or something (laughs) about what's going on but part of it is that is like there is a part of me that's always been kind of wu-tang about this stuff which is like Yo, I've been in this, like, as long as anybody. I've put as many hours in as anybody. And when I watch people making millions of dollars who don't play music, I was like, fuck that. Like, like I should take whatever the hell is given to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have to balance my method man feeling with my inner Ian Mackay. They fight all the time. They must. <laughs> They're just beefing Oh, I here. bet they'd be buddies that fight all the That's time. That's what you, you got know? on your shoulder. Instead of yeah. the devil and the angel. Yeah. It's yeah. Ian and Ma- Math and Ian. <laughs> Ian and Math. Yeah. Yeah. Good image. $5 shows. You'll get yours. <laughs> it's rough. Yeah. Cream, baby. Can we call uh, it? But, but like, uh, but I don't know. What about... What about that fucking trust fund kid trying to like make it cheap then at least for people who aren't trust fund kids? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like I, I know people who for sure like are like that, but then like do really good things at the DIY world. And I think it's, you know, everybody comes from a different thing. Everybody has their shit, no mm. matter what your fucking situation is. Everybody's got shit. You know what I mean? Uh and I think it's just like how you how you treat your future. And how you treat other people, you know what I mean? And like what, what you take and like if you have stuff handed to you, if you hand it out to everybody else or if you fucking get greedy and try and get famous or whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> Jeff, you're awesome. Yeah, Jeff, you're, you're so awesome. much nicer than me. What? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We love you, Jeff. Love you too. This is fun. Yeah. I, I really like this podcast. Thanks, thanks. for having me on. You should do it like eight more times. All right, that was Jeff Rosenstock. His new album, his new album, Post, is out now. Buy it. It's great. Buy it. Support the man. Support Jeff. If you have any money left over after supporting Jeff, and support Jeff first. Yeah, him yeah, first. For sure. Um, you can support our podcast. Then a couple shekels left yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. But, but definitely support us second. Support second. us second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one else before yeah, yeah, yeah. us. Yeah. Je- yeah, first Jeff, then us. Yeah, don't go to Foot Locker. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no. You don't, don't go you don't to... 
Toby's estate and get. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Toby's estate, I want to say shout out to Andrew at Toby's estate. I uh, went there the other day and uh, I had a free coffee coupon I've been carrying around for two years. <laughs> and I went into the counter as a guy with beard and tattoos and I said, uh, "Hey, can I use this coupon?" And he was like, uh, "No, your coupon's no good here." <laughs> and I thought he was messing with me, and then he was like. Is it weird I recognize your voice from the podcast? <gasps> no. Shout out to Andrew. Gave me a free coffee. Yo. Fan of the podcast. It made wow. me feel really good. And I was there. Uh, and he really didn't he know what you look like. He recognized yeah. you. James he, Earl Jones? I don't know. How did he, he know, know by the and, voice? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was just, it was, I was, was blown away. Was he blind? No. Oh. No, but it was, it was very nice. Oh, like so, he height and sense? Like yeah. he knew. Yeah. No, maybe. I think he just listened to me talk so much that it, he knew. I That's mean, pretty cool. So now you go there cool. every day trying to get free. Coffee. I haven't gone back yet, but uh, but it was very cool. And uh, just so. hey, if I talk to you for five minutes, can I get a free coffee? <laughs> you like my voice? Right? You know, I think that I think that Jonah, that you're the you know you're on the cutting edge of the new model for podcasting. Oh, in what way? Just get, have people give you free stuff. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> yeah. bud. Well so, done. So. And also shout out to Abar. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Abar. Yes. Letting us hang so out here, do the podcast and hosting us. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you to Brendan. Abar and Greenpoint. It's Tech. a bit of a challenge for me, but it's definitely fun, though. Brad, no one wants to hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 597 Manhattan Ave. They have emo night here. They have a bunch of events. Uh, so definitely check out their calendar. Come to Abar. Support this place. Um, if you want, you can go into the basement. Go to the table in the booth, and you can sit where we actually recorded yes. these podcasts. Jonah's voice <laughs> permeated from this spot. Yeah, yes, right I sat just in this very booth. It's oh. like the first time I went to Boston. I want. I found the Goodwill hunting bench. Same idea. Yeah, <laughs> same idea. Um, but yeah, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Off Track. No, it's going off. Slash track. Going Off Track. <laughs> Patreon.com slash going off track. And it's Venmo. And you can support us there. Different incentives. Yo, Jonah, stop fucking with my money, man. You can also go to Venmo.com slash off track. Right. And give money uh, to Brad. That's what happened. I probably should make that less confusing, but it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, they'll figure I, it out, Brad. They're very smart people. Or if you don't, <laughs> if you don't have money after buying nine copies of Jeff's new record post, yeah. you can go to iTunes and leave us a nice review, five stars, tell us why you love the podcast. Or if you see us out. You can give us a free coffee or a free drink yeah. or a taco or whatever. Yeah, anything. Yeah. I'll take anything. We will take rub? literally yeah, anything. Yeah, I'm, rub? I'm on the lamb, man. I'll, I'll take anything. Okay. We'll take anything. Uh, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> thanks for supporting the podcast. Thanks to Jeff for coming by. Yeah. By his new record. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Whoa.